0: Is there any hope for America? That question is being asked more and more frequently these days as our nation shakes its fist at God and rebels against His Word. Mega Church Pastor Tom Hughes has written an insightful book in response to this crucial question. Stay tuned for an interview with him. Lamb and Lion
1: Ministries presents, Christ in Prophecy,
0: Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest today, Tom Hughes, who is the pastor of a mega church in San Jacinto, California called 412 Church. Welcome to Christ in Prophecy, hey, Tom. You. Great to be here, Dr. Egan.
2: Good to have you on, Tom. Tom Finally, Nathan. in person. <laughs> in
1: person. This is great, <laughs> not just over the TV.
2: Not over the TV. Well, tell us where is San Jacinto, and you have a very interesting name for your church. Maybe you can explain
1: it. Great pronunciation on the name, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, San Thanks San to your Jacinto. coaching. Yeah, San Jacinto. So we are yeah. uh, we are northeast of San Diego, California, okay. and we are just west of Palm Springs. So we're in between the two. Pretty deserty I was community. Going to say, is that
0: desert area. Mm-hmm.
1: It is. It gets really hot in the summer, and uh, it's dry, but uh, it's a beautiful place and a wonderful place to do ministry. But it is in Southern California, so uh, please pray for us in California. Yes, <laughs> I feel a like a missionary a out there sometimes. <laughs> and the more I am into Bible prophecy, the more things I see. Wow, uh, how much we need the Lord.
2: Was your church's name a missions-oriented type name?
1: Well, what happened was it's a Calvary Chapel. Uh, originally. Okay. Still is, we're still within the Calvary Chapel system. But I wanted a name that conveyed the vision statement, the mission statement. Our mission statement is to win, disciple, and send. And all of the other names are taken, the name of Cornerstone and, and Horizon, and all these names are taken. So, I wanted something that would really stand out, convey that convey that vision statement. And so, we went with 412, because it's very biblical mm-hmm. we based it on Acts 412 uh, Hebrews 4:12 and Ephesians 4:12 to win disciple and sin, and Good of course verses. Acts, they are, and it causes people to ask, <laughs> well, where do you come up with a name like 4:12? That, that's a number church, <laughs> and I say, well, it is, and it's great opportunity to be able to share three Bible verses right off the bat. Of course, Acts four twelve. There's no other name under heaven by which a person can be saved, and then the other two verses. So it's a real blessing. So it gives
0: you a chance to share the gospel if they ask you to be in the church. It it (laughs) is, Doctor Reagan. And
1: and people say all the time, "Well, that's not even a a biblical name." I say, "You find a more biblical name (laughs) than than the number of our church." At least it's not (laughs) four
0: ten, a shotgun church. No,
1: it's not bad. We could have other names, but there we go. (laughs) Well,
0: uh, we want to talk to you about this new book of yours called America's Coming. and where is our hope? And Tom uh, in this book you make this comment, the God things now painted as offensive by our society were once the roots that nourished and anchored our Republic. That is a profound statement. Are you saying by that that we
1: were once a Christian nation, or what are you saying? Well, a few different things just in that statement alone. But with are we a Christian nation I would say this, and I know this can be offensive to some people. I believe our nation was founded upon Christian principles and Mm -hmm. founded upon the Word. I mean you can look at the Bible and you can find, okay, it was primarily our founding fathers were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, All of them, we'll get to that in a minute, Uh, was it all of them. But, nevertheless founded on Christian principles, founded on the very Word of God, the Ten Commandments. So, we look at that but a Christian nation, I, I, I struggle to say we're actually a Christian nation, but founded upon biblical principles, yes. You can say that Israel is a Jewish nation because it's ethnically Jewish. But to say uh, that America is a Christian nation, founded upon biblical principles, absolutely. Yeah. And it sets the, the charter for the course of America too. Because this is, this is our principles. Well, our whole Constitution was based upon Judeo-Christian principles because
0: yeah. when you look at the separation of powers uh, and the balance that they put in there, these men did not trust men. They had the Biblical view that man is basically evil and not basically good. And they put all kinds of checks and balances in there to make sure that they could control this power.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that all comes from a Judeo-Christian viewpoint. Absolutely. And then when we look at it in today's society, or when you go to Washington right now, we look at the news every day, and we can see the problems with men's decision, uh, men's decisions. Excuse me. You look at Romans chapter one. God says, "Professing to be wise, I'm going to show them to be fools." And that appears to be exactly what is happening. That's what the founding fathers were concerned of. We have the Word of God, which is our plumb line. It is the truth. And if, if we were to stay with the Word. And with the truth, then we'd be able to stay on that right path. Yes. But yeah. when men start making up their own rules, void of the word of God, then we're going to start having all the problems that we do have, and these things are only going to increase.
2: Well, what about those who deny our Christian heritage in America by saying that the founding fathers were deists? In other words, God wound up the universe and then left. There's no personal God. Yeah. Is that true? Were the founding fathers deists? Well, there's.
1: Yeah, I hear that. I hear it all the time. Yeah. I'm sure you do also. They were Christians. They were deists. Yeah, there were only very few Christians. It's actually. Just the opposite, okay. uh, most of them were Christian Christian. they were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and with the few deists that there were, uh, Thomas Jefferson and I believe Benjamin Franklin, ben Franklin were probably right. the most famous, and there's two of them. there really weren't very many, and even in that, as much as they were deists uh, meaning God wound up the universe and now man is left up to his own demise which is you know crazy in and of itself but with that even with Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin they still understood that that the Bible had this this it, it was this plumb line it yes. guided us and they understood the truth that was in here Thomas Jefferson although he he created his own Bible so to speak cut out the words that he liked and and they kept <laughs> them and the miracles out. They, they <laughs> took the things he didn't believe in did, thought were a little absurd he, he Got rid of those. uh, He still understood that these were there were true principles in here, and and he understood the need to live by them. Yeah, both both of them in their writings emphasized
0: the fact that you simply could not have the kind of government they were setting up without. There being a spiritual base yeah. that you had to have a, whether they were Christian or not, they had to be a, have a spiritual base in this mm-hmm. nation for Wasn't the for Jefferson? the system to work.
2: Yeah. yeah, and didn't Jefferson say that that this nation democracy could not exist mm-hmm. unless we were a moral nation?
0: Yeah, Was so it Jefferson. Yeah. Well, speaking Absolutely. of Jefferson, you put a lot of emphasis in
1: this book on yeah. the Declaration of Independence. Why? Uh, well, the Declaration of Independence, I, I would say, is our charter. In fact, I think it was Michael Ferris who, who I quote in, in the book himself, a constitutional attorney. But with that, so the Declaration of Independence is our charter. And if we understand what a charter is, a charter charts the course. Mm-hmm. For, for a ship, it's, it's mapping the course on the ocean. And so you have the Constitution of the United States, which tells us here's how things are supposed to operate. Uh, and then we have certain laws that are brought in but all of them must follow this charter. Here's the map. So, everything must be interpreted according to the Declaration of Independence. And ultimately when we look at the Declaration of Independence, when we understand it, it's a declaring our independence from King George, and at the same time declaring our dependence upon God, and the submission to God. And so, when we look at that we go, okay, so the Constitution must be interpreted under the guidelines of the Declaration of Independence, ultimately Declaration of Dependence upon the moral God who has founded our Creator, who he's called throughout the the founding doctrine. Now you assert country. in your book that America today is under the judgment of God. Why do you believe that? Yeah. Well, I think that when I look at it like this, and and, uh, and I understand this can be somewhat subjective, but if we were to take biblical. Truth and biblical principles, and just take one thing like uh, abortion. Just that alone. So, what we are experiencing in our country is because of man's press in this country to abort babies. We are experiencing all of the repercussions in the breakdown of the family, mm-hmm. the the economy. We're we're experiencing all sorts of things, and much of what I put in the book is really founded upon what we have in the Old Testament principles.
0: You know, you mentioned something there that most people don't understand. You said. Abortion has an impact upon the economy. Yeah. Well, look, we've killed what, sixty million babies yeah. who could be producing today and paying
1: taxes and keeping social security, for example, from going broke. Yeah, we have that principle, right? <laughs> and social security is another attempt by man yeah. to be able to fix the man's yeah. problems that man created. But when you start looking at abortion in the economy or the family, what happened is in the mindset of people, uh, Babies are well; they're not that important, um, and, and and so they become not just not important in the womb. They are not important once they're born. So we have the complete breakdown of family. We have the
2: love. will grow cold, right?
1: Uh, the, absolutely. So in the last days, lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold, and that is where we are. So now we're raising up kids. In, in the foster system, they find themselves in jails. Our jails are full because we disrespect life as God created it. And, and, we, and when you look at ancient Israel and you find out, you know, you have the murder of, of babies in ancient Israel on the arms of Molech uh, for, for the issue of greed and sex. And we're ultimately doing the same thing, but, but so, it's so sad because our families are suffering, because the families are suffering who have complete deterioration within our society. Well, folks, so uh, we're going
0: to uh, take a pause here for just a moment. When we come back, I'm going to ask Tom to tell us why he thinks, what he thinks is America's greatest danger.
2: Welcome back to Christ and in Prophecy interview with Pastor Tom Hughes of the 412 Church in San Jacinto, California. We're discussing his new book that is titled America's Coming Judgment, Where is Our Hope? Now Tom, on page 136, you say that there is a great danger to the United States. Could you tell us what that danger is?
1: Yeah, let, let me back it up a little bit okay. uh, back into the 1700s and and understand a little bit about our foundations even pre-Declaration of Independence and pre-Constitution. When America in its beginning stages began and teaching their kids, uh, one of the school books that was used was the primer. And, and looking at that, I found this phenomenal in all of my studies is that the kids were taught how to read based upon biblical things. For example, the ABCs, you start with A. A for Adam, in Adam's fall, we send all. Wow. And you go all the way through the alphabet like that, B for Bible and, and so forth. You get down to Z, all the way through to Z with Zacchaeus climbing the tree and Jesus, he would see. You look at that and you go, wow, could you imagine, <laughs> you just think, if <laughs> that was done in a school
0: today? Yeah. But, Thomas, the interesting thing is that in the 1950s, when I was in high school, our senior English reader was Bible stories. With a moral at the end. And that was in the mid 1950s.
1: That's not that long ago. That's how fast the decline has occurred.
2: And that's our greatest danger right. then—a a switch from well, Christian teaching to secular.
1: Well, really is. So you fast forward to the 1950s. Uh, you hit the 1960s. Yeah. God is kicked out of the schools essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but I've heard it well said that uh, as long as there's math tests, there's always going to be <laughs> prayer in schools. Yeah. So no matter what man wants to do. Right well put. Yeah. It's my daughter was
2: doing a lot of praying this morning for <laughs> Spanish <laughs> test.
1: Yeah. No it's, kidding. I have my son praying a lot. I said, so you better pray over this because <laughs> you need help. But uh, so we look at that, right? So, God has been removed. In that what we have is this great moral decline that has just affected everything. So, you can look and say, some people say, well, the military is the biggest problem, or uh, it's the economy, or the earthquakes, or the hurricanes. Look, it is morality because we have removed God. So, it starts with what we've done with God. And these are conscious decisions that our leaders have made. And again, you can go all the way back to ancient Israel. In ancient Israel, you know Daniel loved God, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego loved God, the Old Testament prophets loved God, but the nation still went under judgment because their leaders were the ones the ones who were making the decisions had turned from God and removed God from everything in, including the killing of babies. Right? So we have that. So this is where we are. So there's still some wonderful people in our country, but our leaders have said we don't want God and is just gone. Absolutely to the dark side, and so fast, and and so fast. And you know, myself being in California, California seems to be leading the charge on everything that's immoral, and it is it is heartbreaking. It just to just to watch. And I have two young kids, one's in high school, uh, one's in junior high. And you you have young children too. And I watch them, wonderful kids. But I know what I know. What's being taught? I know there's wonderful teachers out there that love the Lord, but the system is so. It broke
0: my heart to watch. California, when they were uh, debating whether or not to approve same-sex marriage, and the churches organized, and and millions were spent, and and you won the election, and then
1: one judge just like that. Yeah, and and you know, so so here it is. Uh, You look at our government, and we're supposed to be a democracy, so to speak. You vote. California voters voted in favor of traditional marriage, and a judge says, "Well, we don't agree with that." And there, and there you have it. And now we are watching still the pendulum of thought in California is still getting further and, further and further towards the immoral side since that has happened.
2: And is that what the result of sin is? And as we pull away from God, we reap what we sow. And what we're reaping is what? And we are reaping
1: the, you sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. Yeah. And this is exactly what we've done. I have a, a large garden, I love to garden. And, uh, Me I, too. Have, and <laughs> I, I, I plant all kinds of fruit trees and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and plant vegetables and everything, right? Uh-huh. So if I am going to plant a particular type of tomato, it's going to grow a particular type of tomato. <laughs> okay, so we reap what we sow, we have sown to the wind. In the yes. immoral things, we are reaping the whirlwind. And mm-hmm. again, you can look at our prisons, you can look at our schools, you can look at our courts, you can look at the judges. You can look look at what is going on in Washington right now, and it is it is it is absolute madness. We look what's coming out of the entertainment industry, all the way around the entertainment industry. Speaking of so, we'll
0: California, you have a section of your book entitled about San Francisco yeah. that's titled "Wealth and Decadence." What do you
1: mean by that? Well, I, I think San Francisco is a great illustration for the problems that we are, that this whole world is facing. So, on the one hand, I know this is going to be disgusting to your viewers, but on the one hand, in, in uh, San Francisco, the homeless situation is so severe that with that you know where where do people go to the bathroom and that sort of thing right or whatever else so they have actually stepped up what what's called poop patrols and huh? this this is disgusting and and, uh, and so they I don't want in the streets they are on, in the streets on the sidewalks this is humans this is not dogs yeah, right? right we think uh, of dog parks and that sort of thing this this is human beings right and the, the, some of the infrastructures, the buildings, the street lamps and so forth, this is, this is really disgusting. But from people relieving themselves on the side of buildings and on the side of uh, street lamps and so forth, the, the actual construction is crumbling. And, and this is happening in San Francisco. So San Francisco at the same time is one of the most expensive places on the entire planet that you can live. And I give an example in the book of a a gentleman interviewed in an article. His name is Michael. $700,000 a year salary. All right. That's a lot of money. And he cannot afford to live in San Francisco. He has to commute two and a half hours to work. $700,000 a year salary. Yet, when he gets to San Francisco he has to step over this yeah. Well, you think the, they can the, afford
2: to build some bathrooms in, in you San well, Francisco. They can, <laughs> public they bathrooms can afford to. It
1: and, yeah. and, but you look at that and we start looking at things you are going, you've got to be kidding me. No, this is reality. And I believe what is happening in San Francisco is a, is, a, is a magnified picture of what is coming to every part in America. We are watching mm-hmm. man's decisions to fix things. Man can only make things worse. Mm-hmm. Again, Romans chapter 1, professing to be wise, God says, I'll show them to be fools. It's hard to believe $700,000 a year, so expensive that San Francisco can't live there. Well, I can remember but 20, 30 years ago when Billy
0: Graham used to say, if God doesn't judge San Francisco soon, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. And in your book, uh, you talk about that we are in the days of Sodom.
1: Yeah, well, well, it, indeed. When you look at it, you, you go back to the book of Genesis, you see what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, and you have these. Uh, we 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 can tell from how it works out with lot there was these men who went around the the streets looking for someone they could Rape. Right, you know, cool. I don't know how else to put it. Without but that's,
2: any law against it. Yeah, and
1: it seems to be just fine with society, accepted by society, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But what's most fascinating about this, so this is where we are in America on the one hand, but what's most fascinating, most scary about this is when Jesus was alive in the Gospel of Matthew, he sends out his disciples into the other communities, the other cities, to tell them his word right give them the hope if they reject you he says it will be worse for them than it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah why is that because they have they have the truth that is coming to them mm-hmm. Sodom did not have the that truth so when we look at America we've got preachers we have the word of god there are more bibles sold every single year than any other book, probably than all the other books. Uh, I mean, we start looking at history; it's just phenomenal the amount of Bibles that are sold. But every single year, it is the bestseller, and so we have the truth. There's Bibles in homes, but yet we are living like Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, Tom, you and I just don't understand
0: because every time I get into a discussion of this with somebody on the other side, they always say, "Homosexuality." had nothing to do with Sodom and Gomorrah and their
1: judgment. It was they were a lack of hospitality. Yeah, lack of, lack of hospitality. <laughs> yeah. I've, how many times have I heard that? You know, so, so if, we, if we don't even go to Sodom and Gomorrah, we can go back to the days of Noah, yeah. right? Yeah. And look at that. Okay, what was it? You have, you have the violence, you, you have the rejection of God. You violence
0: have, and immorality, those were the two
2: characteristics. Every yeah. thought yeah. in their yeah. minds was evil.
1: Right? Every thought in their minds was evil. And so, you, you still have the same progression. Right, right. And, and, so. Well, in your book, you say that the
0: chief. Criminal organization in America today is the government.
1: That's a mouthful. Wow, that's brave. It is, and I I don't think many people would disagree with me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) When you you look at you look at what is going on in Washington, if we were to take the current temperature of Washington, and you see we have issues with the FBI, you have issues with Congress. uh, We we have what you could call. we have two two mob families: the Republicans <laughs> and the Democrats.
2: I don't know how else you can put it, right? We're pretty well linked together we're in all this. We're those very well I linked think. together.
1: However, yeah. it's which family is going to come out ahead, or which family are you going to to decide you want to be adopted by? The president uh, said he was right. going
0: to drain the swamp, and he's discovered that some of the members of his own party are part of the for swamp. They're part of the swamp. You know what? Oh, yeah. Those those uh, crocodiles in that swamp are pretty vicious <laughs> too. And, and recently, the the revelation, for example, that they had this slush fund at the Treasury Department to pay off the women who had been harassed by members of Congress, using your money and my money to pay them off.
1: Now, this is pretty unbelievable. So, we have them preaching their morality, (laughs) trying to pretend like they were moral people all along. And now we have what's come up out of Hollywood but what's happened in Hollywood has been conveyed over to Congress oh, yeah. and to politics, the Senate all and all these politicians saying shame on you you, sh- you shouldn't do this and they are doing far worse <laughs> things behind the closed doors. Now it doesn't surprise us I don't think but it's finally coming out in public and God I believe is exposing oh, yeah. the sins of America giving us an opportunity to get right with him too. Well you uh, I want you to explain a
0: statement that's on page 200 of your book it's a very interesting statement in in which you say, I've got it written down here, when a nation falls under the curse of Romans 1, it can't make laws fast enough to keep up with the evil growing in
1: the hearts of human beings. Yeah. Yeah.
2: results in totalitarianism.
1: That's oh, the direction everything's going, you know. And we know biblically the direction this will go. I think George or- Orwell, 1984, with his predictions in that book, we so are watching right this happen. That way in Great
2: Britain. Yeah,
1: yeah, we are in America. So just I gave an example in the book of this. In 2011, there were 40,000 laws that were passed. Uh, these are laws w- regarding the 50 states and territories. They were not federal laws. They were not cities or county laws. 40,000 laws in 2011, not including federal or city or, or county. And you look at that, and you think, okay, this is man's attempt. Because we are so depraved, we've gone so far south. You can't do this. You shouldn't do that. And and so we we start making a law. We can't keep the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are removed from schools and courthouses and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And yet, since we can't keep the Ten Commandments, let's add forty thousand laws per year and try to keep them. It's impossible. The lawmakers can't keep up. How do you interpret the laws? What was really meant to be said in those things? That takes. back to the declaration
2: of independence. Well, the Bible's got it right. <laughs> love God, love each other. Vertical <laughs> two, and horizontal and two, it covers two everything. Things. Two, two things. things. Yeah.
0: You re- this reminds me of a brief video you probably saw it that was put out by a Harvard University uh, professor who teaches in the business administration department of Harvard University. And in this he talked about how he was Conversing with a Chinese student that he had, and the student said, You know, the thing I've noticed that's the difference between the United States and China is all these churches, churches everywhere, and the fact that you all put so much importance upon following moral law and that sort of thing. And he said, You know, in our society, we don't have that, so we have to have a totalitarian dictatorship to. And this Harvard professor said, Yes, that's exactly right. If you don't have the moral foundation, then you can't hire enough policemen. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Well, does that mean
2: there's no yeah. hope? I mean, will you say we're sliding towards totalitarianism? Are we, as we reach the point of no return?
1: I believe there's always hope. Okay. And I, I would liken it to this. I'm a pastor, and I've visited a lot of people in the hospitals over the years, and I believe America's in a lot of trouble. But I always believe there's hope. But where I would liken America to possibly being. And actually probably being, is uh, when I've, I've been with families when they've had to remove the breathing apparatus, right? And you watch a body, if for anybody who's ever witnessed it, it's a horrific thing to watch. Very painful. The heartbreak from the family, but the, the patient that is dying right before their eyes. Then they begin to take their own breaths and their last gasp. And they're, they're violent and they're noisy, right? And America seems to be there. We are taking our last breath. And it is really in a very real sense it's violence. We're seeing it in the streets. But it's also uh, you wonder if America can survive. This is what I do know. Jesus loves us. Okay. And God forgives sinners, and there's always a chance to get right with God. There is always hope in the Lord. His desire is that none should perish. Uh, there is still hope in America. There are still preachers preaching the word. There are still people that are that are being forgiven. There are still people that are feeling convicted of their sin. There is always hope, and I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ loves people and wants to save well, even America. Tell our viewers how they can get in touch with you and get a copy of your yeah. book. Uh, You can get a copy of the book through HopeForOurTimes.com. That's our website, HopeForOurTimes.com. The book is there. The book is also on Amazon and and wherever else it is too. What is
0: your church's email address?
1: Uh, Church email. Or your website. Uh, uh, Website is HopeForOurTimes.com. Church church email is 412church. Okay. 412church you can get a hold of all sorts of things.